0: The Hurling Podcast is brought to you by the Enniscorthy Credit Union, where you can join and apply for a loan on the same day. With great interest rates
1: and special rates for car loans, green car loans and education loans, check out their website at enniscorthycu.ie. The Enniscorthy Credit Union, local, loyal and lending.
0: Loans are subject to approval. Terms and conditions apply. If you do not meet the repayments on your loan, your account will go into arrears. This may affect your credit rating, which may limit your ability to access credit in the future the Credit Union Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Catch, touch, and bang.
1: There is a fantastic coach and um, some really, really exciting uh, young players coming through. Um, so there's an awful lot to be uh, excited about. Max, really fun I listened
2: to dancing at the crossroads there about three or four times a week in the car on the way down. Just to get <laughs> <to sit laughs> counties like the party uh, as we well know.
3: Then we had Billy Byrne, who was going to come in to be the game changer. We to put a high ball in from the middle of the field. And Billy
0: Byrne's job was to catch, touch, and bang. Catch, touch, and bang. Oh, there's no rules. This guy just grabbed the ball, threw it up in the air, and then hit it. Most importantly, I'd like to thank
2: you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through take and take. All right, Wexford!
0: Hello, and welcome to the Harding Podcast. After drawing with Westmead last week, there were probably a few questions to answer for the Wexford team, and by God, did they answer them, Ben. How satisfying was that?
1: Yeah, it was great. It was just, it was one of those, one of those big Wexford wins that you kind of, you, you kind of expect at this stage, but you always think there's a possibility of getting a serious beaten. but just, they really, they really showed up and turned it on.
0: Oh, just amazing character, guts and bravery shown all over the field and by so many of the players. I just, I'm just—I'm delighted for them, and I'm delighted for Dara, Willie, and Niall because I know how much they all put into it. And I mean, they would have been hurting after last week, so this—this this was hugely deserved.
1: Yeah, it really was. And I think, just
0: as as, as supporters, I think we we deserved it. We deserved yeah. it too, absolutely. <laughs>
1: yeah, and those those players really deserve it because a lot of people would have been saying they're. You know, they were finished last few weeks, but um, they 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 proved a lot of people wrong.
0: Yeah, well, we're joined by two men who are well used to this fixture, both legends of the game, Eddie Brennan and our own Keith Rossiter. So, Eddie, before,
1: before we came online here, Keith was telling us that you two never really marked each other because he happened to play on the other side, the other corner to you. Was, was that the way you saw it?
3: Yeah, well, I used to look to avoid them.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, no, we didn't. I, I don't think we ever
3: did too often. Usually, yeah, it was, I think, maybe thirty a bit or Doc or something like that, I think, at, at, at stages. But um, no, you I went think, to the slower uh, corner back, Eddie, I think, did you? Yeah, that was it. I used to always get the. I used to say at to Brian, can I have the slower lad, please? And um, um, took, I
2: used to for the slower corner forward as
3: well, sure. It worked out well for both. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, <laughs> uh, win win. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, look, I, I just the overall thing from Kilkenny from perspective, I don't think there's any complaints. Um, I think the better team won and 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 possibly it could have been more. You know, you take out that that save that Owen Murphy made just on the stroke of halftime from Connor Mack. It could have been a different game. But um yeah, look at at the moment, I think and, and Rossi obviously has, you know, has been involved in the last couple of years, but I think this Bunch of extra guys uh, know how to play against Kilkenny. Um, I think in the run into this match, I would imagine it was more from the player's perspective that if you're looking as a new manager like Derry Egan was and, and Niall Corkin's position, they would be looking in. I think it would be player led in terms of what are Kilkenny going to do, what can we expect from Kilkenny, and then from a manager's point of view, it's just a case of saying to the boys, lads, you know, we. You, you know what you're facing, you know what's coming here, you know what's at stake. It's just about, you know, the, the Nike slogan, as I would put it, is just go do it. You have a job to do, you're playing for your championship, and just go and do it. And and I think they, they, in terms of what was expected in Northern, Park, they went to with Kilkenny, and I think with the way Kilkenny play, this Wexford team have lots of experience of playing against them and a lot of success against them in the last couple of years. I think, personally, I think Kilkenny played into their hands, and I'm not going to take from Wexford's performance, because they were full value for the win, and absolutely they they utterly deserved that win Saturday night.
2: Yeah, look, just, just to come in on Eddie's point, yeah, I, I agree 100% with what you said, Eddie. Uh, this current bunch of players have got success up, over Kilkenny, I suppose, starting on the 21 level, going back to years as well, Conor McDonnell, Lee Chin and Liam Ryan, and these guys, the backbone of the team now at this stage, Kevin Foley as well, but you know, they know each other from college, they know each other for years. As I said, the last couple of years, done them the favour, the advantage, a few positives, getting a couple of wins over Kilkenny that we didn't get before, you know, and a bit of confidence there going to know Power. But I suppose the big thing for me was when Wexford got bet by Dublin, you know, it was always going to come down to the last day and it was always going to come down to Kilkenny. So I suppose Wexford had two jobs to do in between that, done a job in Leash and you know, still got the point in Westmead. It's not an easy place to go. The 21 wides probably didn't perform the way they wanted to perform. And Westmead gave them a good And Westmead showed the weekend, you know, that they're not, they're no push over leader, scoring 5 oh, 24 was against Leash. So, you know, there were two matches in between, but it was always going to come down to the Kenny game and Kilkenny. you know, and, and just knowing the lads, you know, you, do, you don't have to rise them for Kilkenny. It's just a extra Kilkenny thing, you know, and I suppose they had it all to play for, and maybe Kilkenny didn't, you know, that side of things as well. But in fairness to Wexford they, they did rise it for the day, you know, and if you're looking at last week comparison to the two weeks and I think Davey said on the Sunday game as well, you know, just the tightness of the backs, the tiger and of them, they're attacking everything, you know, ball man, everything. They're just coming at everything. You know, and yeah. like would even taken the, the, the goal attempt there by, by T J, you know, Damien Rick right threw himself across, he stopped, he roll he took the tackle, he got the free out. Little things like that go for when you are yeah. really putting their body on the line and, and Wex were done that yesterday on Saturday, you know, which is which is great to see.
0: We we did see Davy Davy Fitz on the Sunday game, and he did have a bit of a smirk there, as if uh, I knew the extra lads would come at this game. Like he, you, you were involved in in that setup, is is there something extra about playing Kilkenny?
2: Actually, I, look, there, there's always been something about Wester Kilkenny. Like even as I was playing, we didn't have much of success against the lads. But no matter what day you went out, you always try to raise your game against them. It was just a arrived between the two teams and that was it. And you know, I suppose as I said a few minutes ago, we have over the last couple of years we, we've got it over to Kenny on, on, on different games, be it Wash Coast be it Leagues, be it in the championship drawn with him. You know, now I, I think Lee Chin made a great point on, on the Sun on the on Sky after the match he was getting the man the match send we hadn't beaten in Park, and we probably haven't beaten in Park So it's, it's great for that bunch of players to get that over them, you know. And they obviously had that in their back of their mind as well. You know, we can do it in Wexford Park, we can do it in different fixtures, different venues. But mm. you know, let's go do it in Drawn Back Garden, which is great for the lads to get it over as well. But look, Kilkenny are or not who the championship? That's the bottom line, you know. Uh, Brian Cody has a lot to work on, as Eddie said. They probably did play into Wexford hands, you know. An awful lot of ball went down on top of D O'Keefe, and no better man to distribute the ball in, you know, and. I suppose Wexford grew in confidence. Then, once Dio was on the ball, and you could see Paddy Foley coming out with balls, Steve Ryan getting scores, Simon Donner getting scores. The confidence was building, and you know, the crowd was getting behind him, and you know, their tails were up. But as I said, Kilkenny are gone nowhere. They've find find the play against Galway, which they, you know, they want to get one back over Henry and Galway, You know at this stage, getting picked by a point. Uh, so, like, uh, it's a long road still.
0: Yeah, and if, if-, if are you, just on
3: that, sorry, lads, even, I think you'd be sitting there this morning looking at it. Um, I think if you go to a provincial final now and you get beaten, I think you get very little time to prepare, whereas I think in some ways you can say for the team that's like we'll say you take Cork now and Wexford, you get a two week block now to get training, then you have, you know, one of your McDonough teams so again, I think it's, it's, it does, there's a big positive to that too. Like you say, OK, I'm sure Wexford would love to be in the provincial final like anyone would and, and having a cut off another bit of silverware. But I think equally, go on the route they're going, like where themselves and Cork sit now, you get two weeks now to get ready and uh, to face into a game. And with the height of respect, look, you're, you're up against a decent outfit, but you'll expect to win that like with all things being equal and, and the height of respect to both of them you will still look at that match and say, this gets us nicely primed. And then they have a fair idea where they're facing into afterwards. I think they'll kind of know who they're hitting into. So I think it's th- there's a big positive to that as well.
1: There was a lot of talk earlier in the year about or Kilkenny are changing. They're their going through the lines more. And you, met, you meant you you both mentioned there that Kilkenny kind of played in into Exo's hands with long ball over and over again. And it was very obvious that they were going to go long over and over again. Like... Is all this talk of Kilkenny playing through the lines, is that absolute nonsense? Or why, uh, did it, why did it revert to that so much? I,
3: I, I've i seen glimpses of it and I've seen it in the league for a few years now. But, you know, and, and, and look, I obviously, Brian Cody is the only manager I ever played under. So I just, you know, you have a, a fierce level of understanding as to what he expects and he's very much on the standards and a never-say-die attitude and that's, you know without that, you know we'd have probably been you know we wouldn't have had the success, but just in recent years, i think with with how it has evolved a little bit, I think at times during the league, we've shown some really good stuff, we've shown you know a level of adventure maybe, and I think it's it's like as if Brian lets off the handbrake a little bit for a while and then it's just kind of gone. I think it you know he he's he's very single minded in in that regard, and yes. He has had to evolve. He's had to change, but I suppose what what's there obvious is that when the pressure comes on, and when a match is maybe in the melting pot or slipping away, you know we tend to be a little bit predictable in that. You know the, the bit of the bit of bravery that it takes to maybe go short with a puck out with two or three minutes to go, and 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 you know try work it up. You know I think. Obviously, working through the lines and going long, there has to be a balance. There has to be a method behind that, that in certain scenarios we're going to do this and in other scenarios we're going to do this. And I think, you know, that's, that's the modern way of playing is that you can't just be one. You have to be a bit of both and know when to do that. And that comes down to decision making. And we just seem to, when matches that we fall short, we seem to just revert back to that. Like you're saying, in a match that's... You know, up to the last few minutes, you know, even taking points, I think, you know, could have still saved Kilkenny Saturday evening. And they just seemed to want to go after that goal because, in fairness, Wexford were able to respond every time. And, and they dictated the terms of engagement for the last 20 minutes of that match.
2: I think, I think the beating on Eddie is reverting to type. I think you just said it there. Uh, just when the, when the pressure is on and you're chasing it a small bit, it's just drive it in. And I suppose of old, you had TJ in his full prime in around the square you had Colin Fenley, you had Walter you had these bigger guys you know yeah. that were on the, in around edge of the square that would catch it in for you know and, and I suppose the one thing the one thing I'd like to say about Kenny's just over the last five years and just been involved with the seniors they've evolved an awful lot with the short game you know and, and I think in fairness to Brian he changed things up you know we we noticed you know that it, this long ball wasn't coming in as often as it was they were running it you know, you had Parry watching in the half-back lane, breaking up, breaking the far half-back lane. You would have never seen it before with Kenny. But it was a thing that they brought to their game. So, yeah, they've been doing it. They've been working through the lines and patches. But I think it does just come back to reverting to type when the pressure does come on. You know, the very same way, I think in 2019, we won the Leinster final. We got the penalty. Uh, puck-out came down. We won the puck-out. Limo put a ball back over the bar. Course, yeah. and, all, and all of a sudden, there was loads of time left now. There was time left on the clock. But Kenny were looking for the goal. They were looking for the goal, and, yeah. and came came close once or twice. Yeah. But just like <clears> you <throat> were saying, Eddie, they were looking for that killer blow. And you, you, no. you take you take the weekend as well, Eddie. Uh, was it was it? Cody got the ball on the forty-five, and Khan was on the square, and just standing yes. off shift a small bit. You know, it was the real sign of the Kenny team that the point was on. But he went for at the angle ball onto the fourteen, and only for he missed control, that he had to put it back over the bar. But yeah, yeah. You
3: know they're still looking for the killer blow as well. You know, in fairness, to them, but yeah, no, you're right. And and the likes of that, you'd say we'd have always Brian would have always said it to us. Like you, you play what's happening in front of you, and no better guy than own Cody to to scan what's on in front of him. And I thought it was an incredible pass in. Uh, and if Mossy Kion, if that sticks, if Mossy takes that clean in the hands, he, he he has a shot whether to win or not. You know, but it was a great opportunity. But I suppose th- that has been it. And if you look at even. I think it was two or three years ago when the, the Gregory Kennedy tried to play with Dublin the night in Nolan Park. Mm-hmm. That night, uh, Dublin, Dublin worked the ball out short bit and Kenny led them. They, they led Dublin for... Dublin led that match. Remember, they dictated the terms of engagement. It looked as if Dublin was going to beat Kenny in Nolan Park. And in the second half, Kenny had to bring the ball out from behind. And the guy you talked about there, Rossi, Parig Welsh, was kind of central to that, that they had to take it on their own 45 or thereabouts and work those little passes up the field and pick off your points from distance and say, right, yep. that's how you draw out your cover from the back. If you're saying, if the, if the opposition put a, an extra guy in there to defend and, and shut down the goal opportunities, for me, then you have to try to get your shooters further out the fields, work those little pods and create the opportunities for the guys that are, you know, the likes of Own Cody and TJ can shoot from distance. But we seem to struggle to get Own Cody isolated and even TJ Deep in, you know, and I, I, I look at, I suppose, the benchmark at the moment, and that is the likes of, and again, he's a, he's a, he's a different talent. But when you look at the way Limerick can feed Aaron Gallant, it doesn't matter if there's two lads in there, you know, he's still able to. They're able to put the quality ball in, and my point is, is sometimes it, it would be good to be able to isolate on Cody or TJ in that space or whoever it is, because. As you said, if if Connor Mack the same, like I mean, there was some great ball went into Connor Mack last last, uh, last Saturday evening, and again he could have ran a muck altogether.
0: Yeah. Keith? yeah. Keith has talked about the impact that Dio Keefe had dropping back, and then on the other side, it looked like Richie Reid was taking up that role for Kilkenny. You know, dropping in front to the full back line, but you've both actually mentioned. Padraig Walsh Keith in a couple of years ago just being so influential in, in the half back line, and Eddie, you just mentioned them uh, in a game against Dublin, driving forward from the half back line and sticking over points, and he is like he's one of the best hurlers in Ireland. Was he injured, or what? What, what was he doing on the bench? I know. Um, I, I
3: don't think he was because. If a guy is injured, uh, he's he not going to on. play as 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 I would see it. He doesn't come on, and particularly the time he came on, I just found it unusual. I found it strange. But I suppose, look, to be straight, to be fair about it too, I think Parry's form has been a little bit. It has faded. I mean, he was going so well up front, uh, right up, you know, through the league and up until the Cork match, uh, and he seems to have just maybe lost a little bit of confidence. He he maybe hasn't been able to get on as much ball as that. But I still think, you know, I, I'm looking at what Brian done and look, at, occasionally Brian has, based on what he has seen in the training field, been able to put in a bolster like Walter Welsh back in 2012. And I think that was probably what he was thinking of with Tom Field Saturday night. But I think in light of the kind of game it is and what's at stake, I would be inclined to have gone with Parag Welsh. That's just my view because I maybe back out the field, maybe put him into the the heat of battle, because Parig loves that. I think he loves the cut and trust of it. He loves to be involved in stuff. And maybe that was the place for him, to put him in there somewhere where he can be involved in the action and influence in the game. And I do think if, you know, to, to echo what Rossi said earlier, I think it, where is Parig Welch best? Probably as that marauding wing back coming up the fields when the time is right and being able to shoot that point and being able to mix and match with his midfielders maybe, because that's where he's really good uh, and I think you want him involved in the game. Whereas when it became very congested uh, in the last couple of matches through the centre, he just uh, he seems to get, have got a little bit lost in that. But I do the 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 whispers were that his form had dipped in training and that he was probably lucky to start the Dublin match based on that. But um, and I suppose, look, to be fair to Brian, I have to be fair to him, he's probably judging that on what he sees in the training field and the matches too. But uh, I know if I suppose I think Parry Welsh is just a key man in in a, in a battle that has so much at stake. I think you have to go with experience, guys.
1: You both mentioned on Cody there. He's probably probably now is Kilkenny's most dangerous forward. I'd say he's probably just just about overtaking TJ at this stage. And um, he did have his work cut out for him on Saturday. Uh, mm-hmm. Damien Rex played played incredibly well as a cornerback. Keith, what would you what would you say about Damien Rex's? Performance?
2: I think in fairness, Ben Ferris, to Damien Rakes like he's top class. You know, uh, I suppose he, he's in Wexford panel in three or four years now at this stage. Uh, came in as a young 18 year old and has developed and this just a strength and condition that he's had against the shapes that are going into is unreal. But he's probably been Wexler's best defender this year, you know, and probably taken over from his brother cornerback Shane, who had an, a standing year last year, you know. So Shane has probably given a small bit of coaching at home and how to corner cornerback, really. But Damien wants to play ball you know, he's aggressive, he's good in the tackle, great, great reader of the game, you know, and it's not going to be easy for Owen Cody, but Damien's job was just basically, to solely keep him out of it either, and he has pace, he's good on the ball, and he likes to attack it, you know, so, look, as I said, on Cody, yeah, he probably got one or two chances, could have had another couple of points for himself, went for the jugular there with, with Maseke on that time, but Damien got the best, the best of him this time, but, uh, you know, Damien have another issue now with, whoever comes along and Joe McDonough or maybe the likes of Shane O'Donnell and Aaron Galan you know in an Ireland quarter final please call if we get there
3: you're, That's that's a really good point uh, Keith I think you're saying with how Wexford set up that it allowed Damien Rex to just tag him he, that's, your fo- that's your job this evening don't worry about setting up attacks or whatever it is you get the ball Grant, and then you contrast that with maybe how Chinner was deployed you know he started in full forward and then he started moving out so you're saying maybe when when a team gives you an extra defender like that and you kind of mirror each other, you know, then you're saying, right, lads, who's responsible for him? Because you can't leave someone like that float around and be in and out. And, and, and I'm guessing that that was the role Lee got. So there's the contrast of it. like.
2: Yeah, and, and I suppose it's what the boys are used to as well, Eddie. You know, they're, they're used to it under the, the last five years of Davey is that you have the man at home at the back to keep the, to keep the house right. You just go. You just go attack the ball. Yeah. You keep tighten your man. And the, gives... ball, the ball breaks. The sweeper should be on it. And let's look. Let's be straight. It's a sweeper. No matter what way you look yeah. at it, it's, it's a sweeper. And, and that's his job, to sweep up ball and surround. You know, it's a known thing. You just get 50-50 ball in. You put the backs under pressure, striking it in. You get tight your man. If it breaks, the sweeper should have it. If he doesn't have it, he's to blame. Yeah, yeah. Simple as that. And you can afford, yeah, he... you can afford to take that a chance and play it from the front, you know. You, know, you can just attack it. Yeah, I believe, that's it. That's
3: I believe he's a free that's, man
2: that's, that's, You go all out. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's been called it's been called a sit and six as well, Ben. You, 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 you can call it whatever, yeah, you want. Six, so whatever you want.
3: <laughs> but that's the luxury. That's that's the system. The system is if you have that extra man, and I, again I used it against Dublin in nineteen with Leash, that John Lennon, that was your job. But the key to it is that you're saying to him the rest of the sixty are stuck to your men, just literally stuck to them Your job is not to try to be everywhere. But be there to take it off the lads and and maybe mark space at times and play that role. But you're there as the insurance policy, so that if one of our wing backs does get onto a ball, he knows he can go up the field with it and there's still an extra body back there, like you know. So that's that's it's a very simple system and and we can say whatever we like about it. But that's there are the rules with it as such. If if you like,
2: yeah, and and probably one of the only things Wexford got caught out with it the weekend was that that goal chance that Masickiwan got. I think it was Damo stepped out and attacked the ball and brought it up the field and Owen Cody went the other way. Came across the far side of the field. Owen Murphy put out a long puck out, put in his hand. And he and lost D- it. Yeah, yeah. yeah and Dion never got a chance to get across to him. Everything happened so, so fast. He didn't get a chance to get across. To him. That's Murphy in the goal as well. He's top class. Like He sees what's going on. The ball's more the bar and he's looking for the book out. You know, in fairness to him. Yeah.
1: Wasn't the bad, half bad a sale he made it, or was it? No, it was a
3: serious save at the time. And again, look when you look at where it was, I mean, it was just a pure reaction save. I suppose the, there's an element of that for goalkeepers. You know, it happened so fast that, you know, if you if you react and look, I suppose to be very fair, I I you, you can not take away the credit from from Owen because uh Mac is so close. But again, I suppose these are the 10 margins. If that goes on the ground. Will he get down to it or if it goes, you know, on the other side? But it was a lifesaver at the time. It, it definitely was a really important save. And once I saw Mac shaking off his defender, I thought, oh, God, the net is going to rattle here because usually they're the ones that Mac will put away.
0: Um, I actually hadn't realised it until after the game. And uh, Ross, I think you, you were having a point with him last week. Robert Redmond, he, he mentioned it to me that I, like I was... More thinking about just what a save and a game in general that Damien Reck had, but he kept he kept on Cody scoreless, which I hadn't realized, which was fairly fairly good. It doesn't happen too often.
2: No, as I said, and Eddie alluded to as well. When you're a cornerback and you have that safety cushion of a an extra defender with you, is that better, bent, An extra defender, uh, it just allows you to go and attack everything. You know, and that's, look, Wakes were, Wakes were probably same, played the same tactics against Westmead and probably played the same against Dublin. they have that sort of man sitting, but they weren't attacking the ball the way they attacked Saturday night. You know, they were putting 110% into it. They were putting their full body in front of it like Damien did on that save. He dived on the ground, could have went anywhere. You know, stopped it, they took the belt. Uh, they are willing to do that the weekend. Look, That's the way they have to play if they're going to get on the championship. And I just hope they keep it
0: up. That That couple of... At that minute of play, it was Liam Ryan first of all diving in front of Billy Ryan's shot and then Matt saving it off the line and then Damien diving to save it and then p- picking the ball up, being flat, face down on the ground and still having the composure to pick the ball up and bring it out to the side and win the free. I just thought that was incredible. I,
3: I'd love to have seen a GoPro, a GoPro camera on his helmet when he was lying <laughs> on the ground because... It was like as if it just all happened in super slow motion because he actually didn't move very little. He just straightened up his hurl and flattened it. And it was just, it was such composure because sometimes you see these lads and the panic is in and they're flicking and swiping everywhere, and they end up missing it or whatever. But he was just lying flat on the side of his head and he just, just flattened out the hurl and just go, what composure. And then to finish it off by raising it and bringing it out, you just say, God, that's... That's what you love in your defenders is that the, they do the likes of that stuff because that that's what it takes uh, on Championship Day to get you where you need to go.
0: I'd say TJ didn't realise what, I couldn't understand what, what had happened there.
2: You, so, you, sort of just, you sort of just make your own look, don't you? When you're sort of just going that hard, you get that little bit of look. If, if TJ had a sucker clean, he might have never stopped it. You know, sort of bobbled up off it hit the hurl as such we will call it a save we give Damien the credit oh, on that we call, call yeah. it but uh, you yep. know those
3: are the fine rings, margins I
2: mean, exactly exactly you're talking about going in level at half time nearly and then you have Connor yeah. Mack down the far side and O'Murphy making the great save you know so swings and roundabouts as such and Wakes just got yeah, so
3: definitely you often talk about you know maybe that high ball lands in the square it hits the right hurl it's safe it hits the wrong hurl it flies into the net and 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 in all the tactics that is going on in matches nowadays and all the planning sometimes you just can't
1: legislate for that and and yeah. it's a little small thing can change the course of a match Yeah. does it not count as a block no, does it not count the block stats as a defender I do you, know? can, yeah, he,
2: you can call away every wants, Ben uh, we we'll take it as a save a, I think block. you can
0: get one of each for that one he gets a
3: double score on that <laughs>
1: Would uh Cody have been expecting cause a lot of a lot of high ball went down towards Walter early on? Was he expecting Walter to be more dominant on Potty Foley? Um, yeah, well, I suppose for that, what I've seen this year more than I suppose other years is that they seem to be targeting
3: Walter Welsh a little bit more off puckouts where he's actually attacking the ball and getting up off the ground and like Walter is six foot five, you know, so if he does get up in the sky. There's you know, there's not too many are gonna outfield him there. But obviously getting your matchups right and putting like for like and like Poddy Foley again is very strong in the air. He's very strong going forward. So I suppose in that regard too, he would keep Walter honest as well. as that well, if he does get the ball in hand, he has the power and the pace to go up the field and set up something or pick off a long range point. So in some ways, um it's 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 hammering a hammer, like you're looking at what's Walter Wells' his strength. So I think we might have seen maybe last year, the year before, was it last year? Maybe where Walter got isolated on Sean Murphy at one stage, and it, yeah. did, it led to a goal. So, so they're they're just that's just planning, that's just getting your matchups right, and it's saying to lads, listen, concentration. So potty Foley's job is tagging Walter wherever he goes, and whatever way it is after that. So, yeah, they seem to be uh, a marked uh, targeting of Walter from a Kilkenny perspective. It has worked in some matches this year, but again. Um, it depends then, look, if, if it's not working, there has to be alternatives to that. And uh, it just seemed to be that, well, Wexford were able to deal with that. Uh, Paddy Foley, I think the key to that is that he has such experience. The key to that is maybe getting your feet right and attacking the ball at the right time, but you don't get caught jockeying for possession underneath a bigger guy. So on a, on a technical issue, I think that's where Paddy Foley knew how to do that and how to deal
1: with that. He did come to the fore now. When Walter went off, I think Potty really burst into the game more so going forward with the ball, you know?
2: Yeah, probably probably so, but you just go back to your, your your matchups and we're we're talking about it there regularly enough about Glasgow in the matchups right. Well, we actually got the matchups right on Saturday evening, you know, and you pay as Eddie said you play the game that's in front of you. You know, Potty Forty would be comfortable, Mark American Walter watched Matthew on TJ, Damien Reck on on Cody and so on. And look, you can be guaranteed that if Wexford to get Kilkenny next year or later on this year, uh, is a great man for mismatches. Uh, let us let it be at from the start of the game or, or halfway through it. But it's something you also have to keep an eye on. TJ drifting in onto the corner on top of Damo or on top of Simon Dunhu, you know, watering on Jippo, you know, just little things like that. And look, they didn't come off the week last weekend for Kilkenny, but Wexford set on the right side of it and Again, we go back to the extra man and getting to go toe to toe with lads for the hour as well, you know.
0: Something that was that worked very well for Darry Egan at the at the weekend was the, the impact from the bench. We had all of them basically making an impact with uh Mikey Dyer. We we'll get to, to his point in a minute. But there was Connell Flood was as well so, who popped up with a point. Well. There was uh Carl Dunbar who got a point, and Charlie McGucking came in and he blocked a great ball. He the ball stuck with him and he used it every time. Uh, involved in the setup of of two scores as well. That's, that has to be hugely encouraging for for him and for the lads who came in.
2: It's just massive for the subs to see that happening as well, that they are making an impact. You know, that's, that's it's a 20-man game now, no matter what way you go about it, Gary. There's such intensity and they're covering such ground. Like, when they get the GPS sent out to them today, like you're probably looking at the least amount of ground a guy is covering is about 9K. Uh, you know, it's a lot of ground. That's probably Jippo in full-back, and he likes to come forward at times as well, you know. But you're going to need your bench. Yeah. And it was massive for Wexford, probably in reverse, maybe for Kilkenny they the not as you know, as good come off the bench, but like Mikey's score. Yeah. You talked about Carl Dunbar, the confidence well from the angle that he was on, you know, and mm-hmm. all these guys have loads to play and you can not start 15 and all these guys are pushing and training, you know, and they've, they've all got championship experience over the last couple of years. Like fully played a good few games, Asher, Wexford pushing on for championship as well. Uh, same with Carl, same with Mikey, all played championship. Charlie's the one that was impressed this year and you know and it's not easy coming in your first year and he's starting a couple of championship games and it's not easy to step up the championship from playing you know with your local club there's a good bit of work goes into it I'd be honestly saying that it's, you're probably a year or two on a set up before you start to really get going at it you know and and to see Charlie come in and have the impact he had last weekend was great to see you're, you're 100% right the ball did stick with him and he's a good man to take a hit and a good man to travel with the
3: ball I disagree with that I think what, what, what Keith is saying there is hugely important and I think to be able to sell that to lads in, 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 a, in a group setting, knowing that they're not starting, but saying, lads, we need you. And, and I'm not trying to bring up, I suppose, a, a bad memory, but the, the learnings from 2019 the semi-final endorses that. You're saying, lads, we need you absolutely at the, the the speed of the game and being able to win and, and score. And when you look at it there, like, you're going to get that off Simon, you're going to get that off Conor Flood. I think that's one real area that's strong in his game. He's able to maraud up the field and pick a score, you know in league matches this year he picked off two or three points in several league matches so when you're coming down the straight and the match is in the melting pot and legs are starting to get weary for opposition to bring in guys like that and i think the message has to be very very simple for them and you look particularly at the warriors point carry the ball lads are tired now find the grass head for the grass and carry the leader failure the let you on and, and and the message is simple. And I often don't understand when you do get fresh guys on the pitch like that, why they're trying to hit the ball a bit more. Say, no, no, you use your fresh legs, carry the ball, and maybe take take those chances then when they present. Because Mikey Dwyer was all about staying patient. He wiggled his way over a few tackles, and what a point. Uh,
0: has there been many, many better? I mean, the ones that come to mind are on um, Quigley, obviously. DJ's the one.
1: Don't worry. DJ's one, hurry. Claire. The two clear, clear lads on the backside and stops.
2: It's it's, it's a great score, lads. Yeah, and uh, you're not
1: going to take that away from Mikey. Like
2: he battled through two lads. There, at one stage. the ball went up there, and I fell back to him again. He put it <laughs> over the bar. You know, like it's a great score, I and mean, we needed the score at the time as well. But you have to take into context of the time of the game. The time of the game, the score came, in as well, you know, like on quickly's point against Kilkenny at the end of the field. It was in the hype of the game, in the middle of the game. DJ score against Claire that day underneath the Hogan stand was in the the mix of the game you know and there was very there was no tired legs at that stage either you know and and that's not taking away now from Mikey's score it was great to get it he's a hard worker the one thing I'll say about Mikey he will go to the goal no matter what's in front of him he's a hardy book he played Leinster school rugby up at Leinster you know he's he's a tough note really back hurling now probably to his best took him a couple of years to really get going at it as I said he had the, the rugby background but uh when he gets it, he just his eyes for goal, and he will take a belt. good size step, sturdy chap, willing to take
1: scores well. We talked we about a lad able to take a, a shot. Um, did you think Lee McGovern was going to come back up after that hit from Paddy Deegan?
3: <laughs> and it was it was a good shoulder to shoulder hit. I, I'm not like I couldn't yeah. see what the free was for because I, if I'm in Lee Moog's shoes, I'm expecting that, and I think Lee Moog himself. Would expect nothing less. And if I was trying to escape up the line beside Rossi, I'd, I'd I'd be shocked if he didn't do it to me. And you'd be more or less kind of going, "Is there something wrong here?" Because when we were ever playing against the boys, I guarantee you, Skippy would give it you too. And and I think there's nothing wrong with that. It's hard and fair. It's tough. It's on the ball. And I just thought it was it was an unusual one. But I think going back to your point of saying that's what Championship Portland, when when there's when there's a lot at stake. You have to just disregard your own safety. That's what that's what Championship Hurling is about. And if you're going to make something happen for yourself, there's days there when, you know, the league is for that, maybe, you know, crunching up or whatever, ducking out with that or whatever it is. But I think if you're going to go places, and I know myself from experience, and, and Keith will tell you the same, you have to be willing to get hurt. And you have to be willing, to, you don't even think about that. You just see the hit. You just make sure that the ball is is, is dispatched in some way to somebody but yeah. you just have to do that and that's Championship Perlin and I would expect you know it, it's
2: just uh it's par for the course It's, par, it's part of the enjoyment of the Championship hurling. Absolutely Eddie, is the hits yeah. and the and the slaps and that's just part of it and I think Lee Moog fairness was bracing himself for the hit and he, he offloaded the ball but and bounced uh, back up Yeah you know in, in a fairness to him I don't think Lee Moog thought it was a free No he wasn't I, looking I, for the fairness know, I am mean, surprised Again he's well used to being hit he's a, he's in good shape he's a good art for, for a very slight guy you know but there must be something wrong something happened with Paddy Deegan he must have done something to a referee somewhere along the line that none of <laughs> us know about because that, yeah. one against, that one against Galway for me and yeah, yeah. I, just, I, I don't understand it but these are the little margins we talked yeah. about eh? you know yeah. like in Lee he stepped up and nailed the free nailed an important the free, yeah. time and, Joe, and Cooney nailed the free in in, in South Hill yeah. little things determine a season too you know and Did look, too, yeah. with a bit of luck Wakes with a bit of luck as I said when you're putting in, you get these decisions. And, and as again, as I said, Lee, Lee nailed the free.
3: Yeah, no, and you do, over the course of a season, as much and all as you can play a championship on your terms and you can play really well, you do need a little bit of luck. And just, just on that point, I think you just referenced there, there is a huge satisfaction in the championship soreness because you know you're after putting in a shift. You know that you've done it. Whereas there's nothing worse than coming off a field, feeling fresh and knowing you left it out there.
2: 100. percent You're looking forward to recovery on the Sunday morning is what well you're looking forward.
0: Yeah, it's down to the beach or into the pool. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe it's 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 why I never made it. But I just I don't see being hit by Paddy Deegan like that being very enjoyable. <laughs> 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 um, there's a something like there's a lot of Simon Dunne who has been very good in the last couple of games. He's popped up with two points in the last two games. I think Ben had said to me uh, before we came on that uh, he only hasn't scored against Leash. We've seen Damien Reck popping up with plenty of scores in recent games. Liam Ryan with a huge score uh, as well at the weekend. Flood, with, Flood scores regularly from wing-back. Eddie, when you were playing, like, would you have marked people that scored much off you? M- many defenders that would have scored much off you? Um, yeah, I had a bad experience in
3: the Leinster final in OAS where uh, Mick Jacob got a point off me in the first half. And I was absolutely raging because um, you just, it, it was the way it was. Like it was a of God, geez, you can't do that. Like you're not, you're not there to keep a wing back scoreless anyway. But <laughs> yeah. at the time, I remember, I don't know whether, and, and Keith will know, obviously they were trying to, PJ Delaney was wing back. I was 12 and PJ Delaney was seven. And I think inside him was Donahue Cody. So I'm not sure if it was 12 v or, or Gizzy was was playing 10, but they started kind of floating off across the middle and leaving all that side in front of I think Rory wide open with Dunic Accordie. So I kind of saw this happen. It was like going, well geez, I cannot leave that space there. It was just whatever way play evolves. And should that's the 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 conundrum, you know, if I go and there's my man loose. And of course Mick Jacob being the forward that he is was able to mooch into that space. And next thing as soon as I seen the ball going out to my set off, Back it anyway, you know. And then <laughs> you, you had Brian roaring at you go back up the field. And I remember Mick Dempsey came in to me. He says, "What are you doing back there?" And I said, "I'm trying to cover the space." He said, "You know, they were trying to isolate Onika." But uh, yeah, look, it was, it was, it was, it was. Uh, it left a little bit of a taste in the mouth, <laughs> alright, as if the, the minus three on your 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 rate, <laughs> Then afterwards, your man scored. So, but on that, that's the modern day. You know, you have to be able to do that. It's it's you have to be all singing, all dancing. That I go back to playing. What's happening in front of you, If the opportunity is there, and there's nothing worse if you're if I'm playing as an inside forward, maybe around the forty-five or D, and play is developing, and the opposition get their hands on the ball, and you turn, and there's your man gone flying. Oh, it's horrible! because like, you know that that there's a there's likelihood of scoring from ninety hundred yards. Um, and again, look, you look at even last Saturday. Night, there's a good spread of scores coming for Wexford.
2: There's nearly there's nearly a football element to it now, Eddie. Yeah. That you know, that the cornerback has the freedom to go. Just go. And if you're standing in corner forward and you lose track of him for a second, they go on Cody the weekend, we keep going back to that time that he yeah, probably yeah. Was gone. But if Damon had not got on the overlap, he was gone. You yeah, know, there's yeah. no catch him and all of a sudden now it's it's a three on two scenario. You know, but yeah, yeah back back in, it's not that long whether we were hurling around like that, but back then it was sort of cornerback, mark the corner forward, full back, said <laughs> back. And I think Liza Daryl right like, now be happy enough to stand in full back <laughs> on you now and not come up the field.
1: And if you went up the field,
3: and uh, just the dog is going cracked here. <laughs> if uh, <laughs> there must be a for that out at the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, if you were if you were a wing back then or something like that, you went up and you hit that wide ball, you're like, oh, get back, just go back and stay up there and leave that to the boys. But nowadays it's it's everything. And if you're a wing forward, you have to be able to sit back. So. That's the that's the, the one the, the, the one the one short sure thing of
2: Wexford was when I was playing if I was cornerback back and Dame if Henry saw me go up the field, I wouldn't have to wait for a manager to tell me. <laughs> they that let you know quick enough where you're meant to be.
0: Where are you going? Yeah. <laughs> is, is that your excuse, Keith, for, for not getting up on the scoreboard like the lads are these days?
2: I think I got one score for Wexford in Championship hurling. I think it was uh, a ball popped out to me in a half back and I just hit it and it went over the bar. But yeah, that Modern day Ireland now. I think it just rendered where we were to be yeah. honest. <laughs> <laughs> right,
3: different. boys. I'm go, I'm going to love you and leave you now. Uh, daddy, under, thanks a million uh, for joining us. No bother. Oh, at
0: Best luck for the rest of the year, lads. We'll talk to you Bye soon. Daddy. We we just talked about Mogi and you know the man doesn't have a, a reverse gear. Like it's just all forward. He gets up. He he just never stops going. I absolutely love watching him. but I think himself, D and Matt, the three of those really stood up big against Kilkenny. Matt on TJ, I think TJ got a point early enough and Matt got a yellow card early enough. But then like he kept him so quiet for the rest of the game.
2: Yeah, Matt is, Matt's a serious man, lads. He, he's uh, disciplined enough to do his job. And it's, it's it's when players go out to mark TJ and the likes of the TJ and they switch off from their job is when TJ will do damage. Well, what I mean by switching off from their job is that you're running off the shoulder for a ball that you've no real need to do, to go for. TJ sits back, the ball gets turned over, His his hand, he puts in the net. Matt is so disciplined that he will just stand with TJ. He will stand with a Joe Canning when he was playing. You know, and you have to have a serious mental attitude for that. like You know, serious mental strength just to say, I'm focused on my job, I'm doing this for the team. You know, and you get that with Matt. And like, when you're going back, you're talking about Dio and Mogue, like two serious men for Wexford over the last 10 years you know you, you couldn't ask for better with him the Mogu's had to come back from two cruise shits I don't know, know
0: how he keeps going
2: he, he came back after the first one and to be sort of I suppose to, to, to describe it to you you know sort of roughly would be skin and bone is where way he went he went out a chap when he pulled it when he when he done the cruise ship the first time he went off a chap and he came back and man he came back in serious shape and I said it to him a couple of times the shape he came back in was just like he focused for that nine months to a year and just got every part of him strong. You know, upper body, legs, and came back. And unfortunately, he done it again. You know, and, and Davey was around that time and Davey brought him in as part of the back room with us. So he got to see what was going on behind the scenes. Uh, and I think he preferred hurling. So that probably gave him the encouragement to go back and, and do more hard work in the gym to get back hurling. But hasn't looked back since, touch wood. Uh, you know, the attitude he shows, the drive he shows. You know, and we'll go back to the COVID year. You know, we we got bet by Galway in, in Crow Park and we played Clare Claire in, in Port Leash and we had two bad days out. But Mogie had COVID and he's a real driving force most of the time, but the real lack of energy, you know. And when you see him at his best, you can see why he does for Wexford. You know, getting balls, driving out through tackles, offloading when it needs to offload, just the hurling brain he has. And Dio the same. The brains they have, the the hurling brains, you can't buy those. You know, it comes with a bit of experience, but just the reading of the game and knowing to bring lads into a game, knowing to go over and give a lad a tap on the back, and great leadership shown by by, especially those three lads. Yeah.
0: Yeah, just the character they showed, I just thought was amazing. Like D as well, he came off after, I think, 29 minutes against Westmead, and he came back and he's made the, the GA team of the week with just an unbelievable performance.
2: Yeah. Yeah, look, I, I, I wasn't at the Westmead game. I was, I was keeping track of it and I couldn't believe it. I thought I thought there was something wrong, but like obviously I wasn't at the game. I can't comment on it. what you've seen on the Sunday game, I think someone said you want binoculars to see it. So, the, the, I look, from what I'm told, it wasn't having one of his greatest days, but it wanted to be a bad day for, for Dio Keefe to come off. But yeah. again, the mental strength to turn around the week later and go and give a performance like that. You know, serious credit needs to be given to him.
1: Yeah, serious mental strength from both both St. Anne's guys.
0: So do we have two or three weeks now? I think Eddie had said two, but I think the Joe McDonald final isn't, isn't for two weeks. I yeah, think we've, we've
2: reached three. three, three, three yeah. <laughs> I think it's two, the two weeks to the Leinster final. So what, what Eddie was trying to say was that it's the three weeks, so we have an extra week. Yeah. And then we play, and then we play the following week. So whoever's going to lose the Munster final, we'll be playing ourselves, I think, or the Joe McDonough losers. Uh, I think that draws out to be made already, isn't it? That we have to lose with the Joe McDonough away. We do.
0: Yeah. Oh, is it and away?
1: It's away. That's an away game. So, and in reality, what? we have to expect to play Claire in the quarterfinal.
0: Well, in reality, we have to... Travel to either Antrim or Kerry.
1: <laughs> now again, yeah, I was going to say that we don't want to be compla. I mean, complacency probably cost us against Westmead last week. You know, we'd actually be in a Leinster final had we won that game.
0: I've
2: played. I played Westmead up there with Wexford. I played uh, Red Harney. I played Conkill with Owlert and there's never an easy game in it. It's the one thing that I drilled into the twenties going up there this year in the first round of the championship. Is that. We have to be on high alert. Like, this is going to be tough. You know, you're not going to, And we got goals at the right time in the 20s. Other than that, in fairness to Westmead, they were sticking with us sort of toe-to-toe. They had their purple patch and got a couple of scores and we're under a bit of pressure. But in fairness, as we pushed on, so, yeah, if we're going to learn anything this year, it's that you always respect who you're playing, you know, no matter who it is. You have to worry about yourself, but you go out and you play the game that's in front of you and you go and you play as hard as you can against whoever you're playing.
0: And it's not a it's not unheard of for the Joe McDonough winners to beat the third place in, in Leinster.
2: <laughs> well, Eddie, Eddie is the culprit himself, at least yeah. actually you know, and, and I'm surprised he didn't say it, but yeah, it's it's that's like you're going to Antrim, you're going to Kerry. These are not nice places to go. It's a fair journey. Like just think about the logistics of the whole thing as well. Yeah. Like You never uh,
1: been to Kerry Killarney on your holidays to keep, no?
2: I've been in Killarney at, I've been in Killarney at a hurling match i done the hurls one year I was injured and it's down there and we we, we, we squares out and we got the result and I've been in Killarney work a couple of times and I ain't telling you there's strong hurling people in Kerry I've actually done a session with a club team in Kerry as well believe it or not but there's strong hurling people down there Stephen Malumphy is over him Pat Bennett is with him they have a few guys now that was part of that Wexford setup for the last three or four years mm. over Kerry Whenever we go to Antrim, lads, it's never, it's always tight. Yeah. It's, never easy. it's never easy. So, like Wexford this week, I suppose, if Dara, Dara is looking at it, this is a recovery week, he might want to get a bit of work into those as that are coming back from injury. and he to started to play a couple of minutes this week he might have a tough one, uh, just to get him up to speed and get a bit of work into him. But come, I suppose, later into this week, this weekend, those lads will be focused on Kerry or Antrim and- that's all that matters. That's that's the game that's in front of him. You get betting that you're gone. So that is not going to count
0: As a manager at this stage, when you don't know your opponent, but you have all that time in front of you, do you start looking at both teams? Oh, Gary, you start. And terrible. making plans, plans like du- double the work, basically, plans for both of them.
2: It's terrible. We had five months with the 20s. Caro, <laughs> it's me. Caro, Westmead, me. Caro, Westmead. me. And that's all we were saying. I. I remember going to Dr. Cullen Park to see the game and just the relief when it was over. And I met you player,
0: only
2: had one. Oh, one team to look at. Just one team to talk about. And I went back We met the players that evening and said, thank God, we're, it's now Westmead, lads. We have one team to worry about. it's Westmead. And uh, just relief, Yet, yeah, I suppose this weekend they'll, they'll be talking about Antrim or, or, or Kerry and, you know, you can't really focus and you can't spend too much energy on it this week. As I said, for the players themselves, they'll have a heavy, heavy last five or six weeks. So it's mainly recovery, getting the bodies right, getting the needles right. Uh, and just get worry about yourself. Just worry about yourself. It'll be there in the background. You will be talking about it, they will be driving the players and training the odd night. You know, it will come up. But I suppose the next two weeks they can just focus on themselves and driving on their thing and getting their own thing right. You know, as I said, after the weekend, if they can play like that again the attitude, the work they'd had against Kilkenny, they're
1: a match for anyone. We will need something kind of different though, because as you you and Eddie both said, they kind of played into our hands. Like one of the problems was Dublin getting the ball from the puck out, running up the field, you know, un, uncontested almost midfield. Same with Galway. So we're going to have to, Kilkenny didn't really try that. We're going to have to shut that down because I assume Claire, Claire are going to try that. They'll know where our weak spots are.
2: Yeah, if it's Clare or if it's Limerick or. Sorry, Sorry, again. Monster
1: final to be played. (laughs) And
2: Barry Joe McDonough cup final to be played. Uh, Yeah, look, you're going to have to vary your play. You're going to have to vary your play. Like, there's there's nothing to say that Leo Keefe can't push out around the middle of the field either and push up a little bit. Uh, Wexford will have a couple of things up their sleeve, I'm sure. Most teams do. Uh, It worked from the weekend they could go out against Kerry or Anstrom and it might work and they have to change the way they play. It could be a matter of, as I said, six backs, have to go six on six at the back and Dio might push back out into the middle of the field and might play with six forwards, might play with three inside for a change. You just don't know what's going to happen. But the one short thing is when you have the likes of a Lee Chin or, or a Conor McDonnell on the edge of the square, you can't afford to go along every so often. You know, and there's nothing wrong, as Eddie said, about the ball in the square. Look at, I know the game was over yesterday between Waterford and, and Clare, but that ball lands on the edge of the box. It hit Pat Curran's hand and went into the net, you know? So, when, when you have guys like that, there's always a threat of going long as well.
0: Yeah. Um, I'll be honest with you, Keith, like myself and Ben have been waiting for uh, a result like this since we started doing the podcast. And it's just, <laughs> it's just great to have such a such a big win to, to talk about. I really like... I want to mention all the players. Like we haven't even mentioned um, O'Shane Foley scoring the goal. He he, made, he did his best Rory O'Connor impression to score it. But yeah. it, we also probably haven't talked enough about Chin Lee Chin and like as a captain and as a man who's probably not fully fit. The performance that he gave and the leadership he showed.
2: Yeah, he's cool and calm, and you know, there's not in the phase as me, In fairness to him, you know, and he. I suppose you're going out in front of, I think it was 18,000 in the Park, and your responsibility hitting freeze. And that's why I'm saying about that free with Lee like That was a massive free like yeah. You know, because I just, as I was looking at I said that if he misses this, this could be a turning point for Kilkenny. The crowd were going to roar. You know, the Kilkenny crowd were just going to roar and take off. The Wexford crowd are going to be a little bit down over it, you know. So it was a massive free. And for him to nail that and the responsibility of that alone, you know, because, you know, cause played a spade, we've been missing freeze over the last couple of games. And, you know, Could have have had a couple of scores against Dublin, same against Galway, and and West Mead, I believe, was something very similar. So the pressure is under to get it, but, you know, come the hour, come the man type of thing, I'd never doubt him. You know, Lee gets a good bit of stick, you know, when he he doesn't perform, which is very rare, but everyone seems to be waiting for the day he doesn't perform. But, you know, he's always there. He's always getting everything, and you have to remember that, like, the opposition are putting a big physical guy on him. You know they're doing their best to get their match up right with Chin as well, so he's not getting it easy. You know, and just the amount of attention he draws even when he gets the ball, there's two or three coming to him, and you know he shrugs them off like chaps, really. You know, <laughs> he, he's a beast. Like, and you know, delighted for him to get back and to get that win, Uh delighting for him to get man the match as well. You know, it's Lads thinks it's all about him, but you won't get a better team player than Lee.
0: Yeah, well, he he makes me have it difficult for me to look at myself just the, the size of him then I look at me going Jesus I have a lot of work to do <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have a couple of years to get right Jack Gary <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but like you're, you're, you're talking about the rest of the players like like on all reports Liam Ryan wasn't fit to play really you know this shoulder it his shoulder. it was kept it was kept very low key like but like I was, I was told last week that he couldn't even hit a ball, and then he's putting the ball over from the middle of the field. <laughs> you know, where do you go to, man? Again, just pure, raw, you know, bullish ignorance of lean. That's what he is. He just loves a tough, you know, loves that battling Kilkenny. There's Kilkenny in his blood there as well, uh, you know, and just loves going to war with him. And he'll bring that always brings out the best in him. And as I said, like you're talking about Chin being not probably fully fit. I think if Liam was forty percent right, his max he was last weekend, but playing like he was 100 you know. And again, Simon with two points. We talked about the job Damien done, you know. Connor Davis, you know, like Connor came in to the panel last year, you know. I had a couple of chats with him. He's a great lad, you know. And you know, at twenty six, twenty five to come into the senior panel, twenty six. I think he is this year. You know, he's really settling into position there as well. Uh, and Any word on his came- finger? I didn't hear it looked to be just popped out is yeah. what I thought at this okay and I think it's a, it never happened to me thank God but I think it's a, quite a sore injury to get had to get put back in but he's a hardy bit of stuff and the two weeks of Sam to him now as well you know yeah. but like as, as you said you have Floody coming back in he can do a job as well you know they're lucky enough to have the numbers you know in there now at the minute you know Shane Reck could be a serious addition if you get him back right it's not going to happen now for a long time with the injury he has but you know you have to remember the last are missing as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, Paul Morris coming back in training to, or getting a bit of time as well. Look, it's good to see
2: Paul back as well. Paul's after having a, a, a difficult couple of years, I suppose, with, with, with injuries, with knees, and this, this type of thing. And, you know, he got a little small procedure done a couple of months ago as well. And it's great to see him back on. And sure, like to bring Paul on with 10 minutes to go, like you give him the ball, like he'd nearly guarantee a score. It's nearly like Harry he used to come on for Wexford. You're nearly guaranteed a score from Harry,
0: yeah. you know,
2: but. Like, look, the other side of things is, I suppose, Mark probably had a difficult game up in Cusick Park in, in Westmead in the goal last week, you know, nearly got caught and Damien saved in the weekend. But you, know, you have to say, like, his pokes have been good. The leadership at the back has been really good. You know, every comes to Mark going forward as well, like, just he's been number one in Wexford now, probably for a decade. And he just said, you don't know how long he's going back. He's telling me that he was playing when I was there you know but I, th- I think was a little bit more of a chap then they mustn't have heard him as much he's probably afraid to get at that stage but like you know the, the whole way from 1 one to 20 you know and they really proved the weekend that the World kept to doing it and I just hope to God that to just keep the whole momentum rolling with him now and, and bring it again against Kerry Car- or Antrim I better not say any more about care <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah no it's when you look beyond that. Ben, is when you get caught on varsity. Yeah, yeah,
1: that is it. That is that is a fact.
0: We'll go on to our hurler of the week now, which is sponsored by Boland's Wexford Ford, the official Ford dealership located in Ferrybank, Wexford, number one for new and used cars in Ireland. And Keith, you have the uh, the privilege of trying to pick one of those many Wexford heroes from the weekend as our hurler oh. of the week.
2: Yeah. I'll look. I said Damien Rick, Liam Ryan. I'm, I'm after going through them all already. You know, Lee I, I I I tell you I'm going to give it to that. and I think he deserves it for the bounce back ability and mental strength alone. I I think D. O'Keefe is is the man of the week for me. Not easy being taken off and champed back for twenty nine minutes. And to come back and have uh, the solid performance that he gave and the drive and the leadership from the back and you know Serious
0: man. Yeah, I mean, no complaints here. I, I would have found it too hard to pick myself. There was so many of them, but D is absolutely worthy of it. So well done to D on being this week's hurler of the week. Damien must yeah. really lo- love that award as well. He got it. He's got it twice now, and uh, he was definitely looking for it again with that dive and save. <laughs> oh look, he, he's
2: high. He's high on the list. There's there's four or five, of them very high on the list, and he's definitely one of them. Yeah. Lee- Eam rain for hurling with one arm, basically, you know, and scoring the score that he got. As I said about Lee, look, there's a, there's a lot of matchup with TJ. It, like, but that's what it's going to take, though, Gary. That That's probably the dilemma you should have after yeah. a championship game. There shouldn't be one. You know, you, you should be talking about five or six, you know, because being realistic about beating any of these teams going forward, no matter who it is, you are going to need six or seven lads standing up to that. And the other four or five lads, you know, hurling to a good level and then one or two having an off day that you need to replace, that's probably the, the percentages of it. You're not going to have it all 15 hurling one true performance like Kenny were against Waterford, was it in 08 or whatever that year it was when, the, when they gave the the Sunday game and the match to bring Cody because mm-hmm. they, had 15 lads they couldn't pick from. You know, you're not going to have a day like that. Unfortunately, you're going to have the odd guy. You're going to have two or three that just will be a little bit below par and that's when you need to get subs on. Two, or, or the other side of that is, you're going to have two or three lads that have given everything for 60 minutes and the legs are gone. And you need to get, you need to get the subs on. But, but as I said, in the modern game, in any game, you're going to need a majority of your lads standing and playing above themselves.
0: Yeah.
1: Thanks very much, Keith, for, for joining us again.
2: No problem at all. Thanks yeah. for joining
1: us oh, Thanks
0: was, a million, Keith.
2: Demi Fitzhenry was the best at what he did to whoever played it, unquestionably like, the best there ever was, Mike, like he was just so good, so good. so good,
0: a magician. I'm the youngest of the 15,
2: uh, nine brothers and five sisters.
0: They just took you in the goal then? Yeah,
2: well, uh, a, a so-called goal, uh, two tar barriers. <laughs>
3: Damien Fitzhannery is the best goalkeeper i ever played, but you know, i say, say that. In- Damien Fitzhannery is the best
2: goalkeeper I've ever seen. So I'd probably, like, I'd probably say Damien. So
1: thanks to Eddie and thanks to Keith for joining us. We couldn't really get more knowledgeable Harlem men on the podcast. Great to have them. Unfortunately, Shane Tompkins couldn't make it. Uh, Gary, did you did you get the, the same phone call that I did
0: on Saturday night? No, no I didn't.
1: Uh I got a call uh, wondering would I go down to Kildangan and collect Shane and bring him back to Exford.
0: What was uh, he doing in Kildangan?
1: Well, so seemingly after the match he was very excited. He baked a cake. Big massive cake, candles, put on his best best clothes. Called up to the Egan's house, knocked on the door, said, "Surprise!" And Darrow wasn't there. Dara was still with the team. So, and the guards were called anyway. He was escorted away from the premises, and uh, obviously, I, I couldn't collect him. I, I'd had a few drinks, <clears throat> so I believe I'd, they obviously rang around a few people looking to collect him. But my understanding is that. Andrew Shore drove down from from Enniscarty in the middle of the night and brought him back brought him back to Wexford.
0: Oh dear, that would have been a long drive out at that time of night. Yeah, but
1: Andrew Andrew's a good guy and a good friend to Shane. So anyway, thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back soon with another podcast. Thanks to our sponsor, the Enniscarty Credit Union. Take care.
0: Up Wexford. All right Wexford.